fuck it is. Hey, okay. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm just, I'm on my way to the web film festival, festival to like go watch some quality artsy college projects over here. Hey. Oh, you know, you'd probably like very rude what? guy who's yelling what? at me on I'm the street. I'm from New York in Chicago. Why? This is how I sound. You'd probably like a show called I Hate You Too. What? Well, this show is a comedy web series about two trashy millennial roommates dishing out on both the love and the hate. Allie and Kevin may think they have golden futures ahead of them in Chicago, but only if they can navigate. Only if they can Nav navigate. navigate. <laughs> Stop. What? This is a, I, I just met you for, for the first time. Only if they can navigate their psycho mid-twenties. Whoa, I'm 75 years old. I remember those times. Do you want to hear a story about my psycho mid-twenties? No, but what? do you want to watch this show? Well, here, I'll, here, tell you what. I'll tell you a story about my psycho mid-twenties. I don't like that term psycho, so I'm going to say my wacko mid-twenties, and then y'all yeah, watch the show. I'll, here, how's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, so one time I met a raccoon. So that's a story. Cool. Uh, so this show, um, if you want to check it out, is uh, streaming on YouTube. Um, there are six episodes. It's all one season. And uh, it's all featuring college students. It was actually... Um, it's actually starring two uh, best friends from college, so... Hey, my best friend's that raccoon I mentioned in the earlier story! Well, these best friends are actually people. It's Allie Wessel what? and Kevin Blair. If you're looking for something ridiculous, current, and fun, watch I Hate Wait, You Too. What was what were those three things? Ridiculous, like you. Current, uh -huh. like this conversation uh -huh. that we're having, and fun. Yeah, we're currently having like it. Our, like it sounds like your wacky rapport with your roommate, your roommate, your raccoon friend my, my, was. My, well, me and my me and that raccoon are roommates. I live in a trash can. Oh no, that's so sad. No, it's great. We have a pull-out couch, and uh, I I put on like a raccoon pajamas on my raccoon friend. He loves it. Oof. What? Why is that oof? <laughs> I thought you'd be like, oh, what a wholesome fun image. But you're like, oof. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep walking here. What? Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> the only INTP I like is TP in my butt. I, I and my butt. T P I N my butt. Stop trying to make this work. <laughs> Do I start? Let's start the episode. I don't know. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Ooh, ooh, 
come over and talk about it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Hi, Ezra. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? This is my this is my co-host, Ezra Ward. Blue. Wait. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this you don't is, yeah, exist is, yet, Lauren. <laughs> uh, so today, uh, how was your day today, by the real quick? Let's just... Uh, <laughs> Are you doing okay? You have like an off vibe today. Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine. I'm just like, um, I, I'm just like, uh, I was, uh, I was, I'm trying to like subdue my energy a little bit where I'm not all, whenever I record this podcast, I'm not always like Jimmy Fallon-ing it of just like being like, hey, so, uh, like, just like create like frenetic energy all the time and like i imagine i imagine as this podcast like is that what the so just jimmy fallon clips were about that you sent me is that you were like hate watching him being like i don't want to be <laughs> like this no i i think like jimmy is like legitimately talented i think he's like good at what he does and like i really think only a few people could do that type of job and, like i think it's like a very underappreciated thing like to do but like um I, I remember recent I remember a few weeks ago like someone compared me to Jimmy Fallon and I got a little like oh really <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the vibe I get yeah I'd be offended like, at it, that too <laughs> just like how dare you compare me to like the, one of the most successful like, <laughs> night hosts in the world <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, it's just like when I got compared to Lana Del Rey, like she's incredibly talented and stuff, but like just the impression that I had of her and like certain things about her and like my understanding of her at that time, I was like, I don't, I don't want this. <laughs> um, that's what my uh, parents said when I was born. I mean, that's Same, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's what so, I said um, when I was assigned my gender at birth. Like, I don't want this shit. Take that back. Speaking of, um, uh, I don't know what the good segue is. <laughs> um, let's um, let's introduce our guest. So, um, speaking of somebody who we do want, I don't know. I was trying yeah, uh, to find a thing and it didn't work. Uh, I think we're both like, I, like truthfully, like it's also like I'm running off of Ed like very little sleep for the past few days. <laughs> Lauren, did you yeah, just I message did. us? <laughs> I sent sent a picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember like um. Oh wow, it's you. Anyways, um <laughs> your yeah, I, decided, I decided to subtweet while while this is going on. So <laughs> um speaking of sub It's not subtweeting if you tag us, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> it's, aggressive, it's very aggressive subtweet. <laughs> let's let's introduce our more than subpar guest. Ah. <laughs> it's Lauren Barnhart. Yay! Yeah. I'm doing the Kermit arms. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. Are you depressed? Yeah, a little bit. 
but yeah. we're making it through. That's a hell of an yeah, opener. Like, I, like truly, we should I've been, ask like, all of our guests that. <laughs> no, like I, I like li- that's not a bad idea. Like for real, like um, I don't know. Like it's like it's very stigmatized. It's like not easy to talk about. So like it, it would maybe. That's true, but that opens up conversations like, yeah, I am really depressed. My dog just died. And then where do you go from there? (laughs) Let's talk about your dead dog. So, Lauren, how's your dead dog? (laughs) Well. (laughs) Oh, no. It's been a few years. No. My dog's still alive, miraculously. Wow. Yeah, Um, all of my family pets except one are still alive. How, what what is your... um, do you have any like what are your pets beyond that dog if you had one? Yeah. Um <laughs> well, my mom's the crazy cat lady. <laughs> she mm. has um oh god, I don't even know how many cats she has now. Um I think there's like four four cats and then mm. a dog. Um and then I have my own cat here at my apartment. His name is Binksy. Oh boy. Yeah, he's a little black kitty. <laughs> okay. uh, so you said it's Banksy? Yeah, well, his name is Banks, like from Hocus Pocus. Um, we didn't name him, but I, I like the name, so we kept it, That's obviously. Um, but yeah, I call him Banksy, Banksy boy, Mr. Banks. So Does like those like- uh, tweets that like where the person's complaining about their roommate Banksy, like you can relate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Your asshole. Like yeah. fuzzy roommate. <laughs> we told that, him he's a- usually a good boy, but we told him he's turning two on Halloween. We just decided that was his birthday. We told him that's when he needs to get a job um, so that he can pay his $30 rent. <laughs> Um, oh, which is a $30 I tell pet. my cats all the time that they need to start pulling their weight around here. Yeah. I mean, because we will give him a pass for this first year because he's just a little baby. But once he turns two, no. like it's, it's time to go. He needs to step it up. Honestly, like he's he's been an adult for like, what, almost a year. Yeah, so I mean, that's a whole year of experience. I mean, he's looked out the window enough. Like, you should know. He should know. <laughs> yeah. The real world. Um. So. Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Um, hey. <laughs> Andrew does not know. relate to the uh, cat <laughs> parent talks. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. Um, so me, Ezra, and you were in the same choir class yeah. um, together. You you two were altos, and I was like a bass. Although Hell I yeah, later, alto two I'm for a, life. Yeah, so, okay, so I remember, um, yeah, you two like knew each other in high school. Like, I, you two were kind of like closer... I, I saw you guys hang out together a lot during that time. And like, uh, I don't know where this line of questioning is going. <laughs> um, so, Lauren, uh, what made you want to talk about Def Cat for Cutie today? So, I mean, I've always loved the band. Um, and Ezra's also always loved the band. Um, and I mean, that is one of the things I feel like we talked about a lot. Um in high school, oh, wow. just thinking about that. I remember, Ezra, you did a cover of Transatlanticism for... Oh, that's the oh one. yeah, that's yeah. a moment that maybe, I like to block out. Maybe expressions... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think all of us, like, had, when we had to perform, that was just, like, two minutes of our lives that we're just like, okay, that's <laughs> we're going to put that away. <laughs> um, so this was, like, something you guys... Like, this, this was a band you guys kind of bonded over a bit. Like... Yeah, you would talk about it. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I also got to see them this summer, which was really awesome. Um, I went to see 
them and the killers um up in milwaukee oh, nice. which was really cool def cab yeah you got the to see killers. them um, yeah uh, little macabre macabre i've only um, seen it in text i never read it macabre macabre um but yeah, I got to see Death Cab back in 2011 with some friends. Wow. Uh, they played at the Assembly Hall back when it was still the Assembly Hall. Um, oh, wow. R.I.P. the Assembly Hall. Yeah, it Wait, was like uh, the year before it under like started all the construction oh, and everything, it, like in 2011. Yeah. And uh, it was like, it was a really good show. It was one of the best concerts that... I had been to like it was the best concert that I had been to like um up to that point uh, yeah they performed like, really they well my I mean, that was something that struck then, me so. was like they they definitely sound just like they do when they record which is really awesome oh mm. for sure so like what is, what is it about Def Cab for the both of you that was like kind of that resonated with you guys that like connected in a sense I don't know. I mean, for me, it's just like the poeticism of it. Like, I feel like they do a very good job of of painting word pictures. And I mean, I know like a lot of that's kind of the goal of songwriting in general, but I feel like they do a very good job of doing that. I get what you're saying, though, because they like have a very um, interesting like uh, perspective and like uh the imagery that they use is mm-hmm. like really immersive. Right. Um, but like for me, I think that for one thing, it's that uh, ever since I was like, ever since I really could talk, um, I have been like singing and stuff and Mm -hmm. so like i will naturally harmonize with certain songs and death cab is a band that's like very easy to like naturally harmonize with Mm. and like uh ben gibbard's voice like i feel like my like vocal style like meshes really well with and so like Mm -hmm. i connected with that and then it's also just like kind of the um depression vibes and stuff like uh Mm -hmm. i was going through a lot of shit when i like first kind of heard death cab and so uh they just filled a space and music that i really needed at that time and uh they've kind of since changed their style a little bit which is why i don't really follow them as closely as i used to but like they very quickly became um my like complete like number one favorite band for a while there wow like i remember i remember one of my earliest memories of ezra was seeing you on a death cab shirt and then i came up to you and like started riffing on that title and like how dumb that title, <laughs> the name of the band is just like oh what's a death cab like who's the cutie am i i i, I, I pray to god i didn't say that but like i don't remember what i actually said because that'd be gross <laughs> um but like it was like I, I think it was like um i think it was, it was more like playful and like silly but like um that, that was like one of my first memories of you and like uh, kind of one of the first times we've like talked was 
through like kind of like uh, which is a little bit of why I wanted to do this a little bit. Um, like why I, of the three bands you kind of like wanted to do like this is the one I kind of wanted to talk about a little more. Yeah, I think it's like a really good fit because of the fact that like Lauren and I did talk about Death Cabs so much in the past. And then like uh, that element as well. I completely didn't remember that, but that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it might have not like I, like like the story about like me spitting up my brain, like maybe it didn't happen. I don't know. <laughs> like um, so my preconceived notions of I guess my, my thoughts on Death Cat for Cutie. I remember that song. I will follow you into the dark. It's it slaps to this day. It's still a great song. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. It's like it's probably their most well-known song, I imagine. Um, but like it's like really well written. It's like very sad. Um, I, I I at the time, though, like um, it, it was like it kind of fell more in that emo indie folk genre. At the, Like that's my memory of it. Like just I also like um, I feel like that's what like Death Cab for Cutie was like the link for me between uh genre my I, like, like emo phase that low-key high-key never ended um mm-hmm. and uh like getting into more like indie and like more uh like emotionally complex music um yeah because like i don't know my favorite band the one that was like that Death Cab for Cutie kind of like dethroned in a way was uh, Paramore. And so, oh. like, I feel like when you put it that way, that like, uh, I, songs like I Will Follow You Into the Dark are very, like, they kind of have like that uh, darkness and like the emo vibes, but it yeah. like, is like a little bit head, more. Like- it's like a little bit more uh, emo as or not emo, um, a little bit more indie as well. And like more uh, like toned down and uh, unconventional. Like, I don't know. It opened up a whole new world of music for me. Yeah. Like this is this is music for like people who love plaid and like think having bangs is a personality. And uh, it's just um so now it seems with this record, though, like, you know, they're in their 40s and like several members of the band have left and uh, they've been around for like 20 years, like which is a really, truly an accomplishment and like a really big, like a huge thing. Yeah. Um, but like they've seemed to trade that more conventional emo tortured artist thing like I will follow you into the dark. Just like, you know, very like um like hold my hand because you're the only light in my life type of torture to like a more grounded melancholy tone um, that's a little more grown up um, which you know mixed results I would say <laughs> um, what about uh, with Lauren what is like so you've never heard this record what what, what was the reason that you felt you didn't really feel the need to like get to this one right away so it's kind of funny actually i first heard um northern lights um on like in-store radio while i was at work and 
my friend like remarked like oh is this is this the new death cab album and like what i didn't realize at the time was that the album had been out for a year prior to (laughs) that comment (laughs) so like neither of us had like registered that this had come out and i don't i don't know why i don't know if there just wasn't a lot of like attention around it or like i personally like haven't you know aside from spotify just you know letting me know occasionally like i don't have artists that I like particularly follow like with a lot of dedication like I'm kind of all over the board um Mm -hmm. so I mean I I guess I just never fell on my radar um so then when I did you know finally get a chance to like listen to like a few songs or heard a few songs on the radio or whatever um like I just never never got a sat never got a chance to sit down and like listen to it in, in its entirety did you like what you heard did you like what you heard or like was it like was it like it didn't seem like you had like that like much like intentionality to like seek it out more actively yeah um and i think part of it too is i mean they've released so many albums over you know a long course of time like it's really hard to but that's when you start judging an artist of like okay how different do your albums sound from one from one another like is this going to be more of like the same album that you've released like how different is this going to be um And on that point, honestly, I was pleasantly surprised um, because I the way that I think about Death Cab and like the way that I think about a lot of music um, is in terms of like seasons. I I sort of like Mm. put them into folders in terms of like, oh, this is like summer music, like this is wintertime music. Um, And honestly, a lot of Death Cab stuff prior to this album, I've sort of thought of as like January. Um, Yeah. Speci- like specifically that's just like surprising i always think yeah. of like autumn when i think of yeah, same, uh, death same. interesting i i think it's just for me like january represents just kind of that time after a lot of the holiday excitement has set in and you realize you still have a lot of winter that you still kind of have to deal with oh is it because of the new year is that what makes you think of that i think so i think it's like (laughs) it's just well it's like also just the i'm saying the new year the song i'm like yeah yeah (laughs) no i mean it's it's the new year the song but also you know just the vibe of the music i feel like it speaks to kind of a nostalgia and longing um, but yeah, this one I felt started out summer and then ended like fall. Why do you think it started that's out how, summer? Because he has a song called Summer work. Years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's that part. And like it, it, it kind of ends like one of the later songs is Autumn Love. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there is Autumn Love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like definitely really essential. It, yeah. um, wow. Okay. What about Ezra? Like what? What kept you from listening to... Have you listened to this before? Like, No, I this hadn't. One? This was new. I uh, yeah. So I had heard Gold Rush, um, Northern Lights, and I dreamt we spoke again on the radio. And um, like I would listen to like satellite radio and they would always be playing Death Cab. And it was getting to the point where I was getting really tired of it because I didn't really like the new singles as much. And like, honestly, that's kind of what kept me from it. Um, because... Uh, as much as I've loved Death Cab throughout the years, um, like in their most recent releases, they have changed their style a lot. Like it's not what I like from Death Cab. Like it's um, like, I think that it would be good music for a different artist, but it's not good because it's Death Cab. I see. 
I have like mm. higher standards for them. <laughs> well, yeah, it is tough to like maintain quality for 20 years too. Um, oh yeah, for sure. That's like the Simpsons. Like I feel like, I feel like it's very hard for like a band to like, you know, even like U2 is an example that is like, oh, they're at least trying something. Like, but it's like, it's like the people like take your lead. I don't know. Like maybe, but like, Jay-Z, maybe? Like, I don't know. And I think that a lot of it kind of goes hand-in-hand with, like, some of the themes that he's exploring on the album. Um, Talking about it, yeah. Like, uh, talking about uh, his hometown of, like, Seattle changing. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, generally, like, even if you look at, like, a broader scope um, and, like, not focus on the specifics of it, the idea of, like, so, like, his hometown's changing, his uh, band, uh, like, they've lost uh, Chris Walla, who was, like, a fundamental part of the band since they started. Um, And there's just been um, a lot of change, and it seems like it's kind of worn him out and taken a lot out of him. And so, in that way, it seems like it's... um, like that would uh, impact the style a little bit too. Like, I feel like I'm not, <laughs> I'm like too exhausted to make my point. No, well, no, no. Like, I, like, I, do you I, understand I, what I'm saying? I really okay. like that. I, I, I really like that uh, take on it. Like, okay. that's why, but I also feel like that's why this record isn't as successful for me is because he sounds very tired. He doesn't sound very passionate or like, he, he has these takes. Yeah, I agree. That are like not like he it's skimming the surface of something like really interesting about like nostalgia for like people in his life that he misses. Nostalgia for like uh, his youth. Nostalgia for like love lost. Nostalgia for, you know, his, you know, childhood, like hometown and all that stuff. Like there's some really interesting stuff that he's like skimming the surface of. But he's like. It sounds like he's like so worn out and like that he doesn't that it doesn't really dig much deeper than the initial like addressing the theme, Um, aside from a few songs, in my opinion. It's kind of like a flip book. Yeah, you know, like flipping through a photo album or like a flip book. Like, here's a theme. Here's a theme. Here's a theme as it goes on. So, yeah, like it's. um, But yeah, like doing anything for 20 years is like. Is gonna make. I think there should be like some sort of death clause on art, like unlike you know a. It you know you, we talked about this as well. Like Pink Floyd is still touring and doing stuff. Hollow like uh, Pink Floyd is like they're still like hanging out and like making music and touring around and like it's not like um, I'm sure like they're I'm sure it mean it's meaningful to people, but like. They're, they're not like nearly as like culturally relevant or important anymore. And um, I think like I like the integrity of like going into a thing going, oh, this is like we're going to this is what we set out to do. Let's accomplish that and get and then like move on. I think I, I really enjoy that integrity well, instead of dragging things out. Yeah, it's kind of like the difference um between a show that uh 
like goes on forever and they like, like do it to death, like the office or something like that. Um, and a Bojack show versus like, the Simpsons. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And like a show where they like end it organically and like do it on their terms and have like a thing that they're setting out to do and accomplish that. Like not everything needs to, um, last forever and uh if you're trying to cling to something forever then it can uh like kill that thing like it um is not going to always be this uh like beautiful image that you're holding on to yeah that's like yeah. really a danger and nostalgia honestly mm yeah, and like I wish they like did like explore that some more like that's like it's that us talking about it, like that's so it's like it nostalgia is such a rich landscape thematic landscape and I feel like they didn't really do much of it I other mean, than like to be fair they have explored nostalgia a lot <laughs> but <that's, laughs> um, like I do feel bad I that this is like my you. first <laughs> this is my first Def Cab record and like this is not a good entry entry point um, for like how because like again like people love people love these guys i feel bad for like not enjoying this as much as i could um anyways um so uh we'll be right back after this break da 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 i'm dr smith hi dr smith dr richard smith is my name, and I have okay. a diagnosis for you. Okay. What's going on? Yeah, you've been in physical therapy for, like, a few weeks now, and uh, you've been doing that thing where you kind of, like, walk on the the little railings when, like, you, your feet are, feet are weak, and you kind of, like, did that. And I was like, you can do it, Ezra, you can do it! And you're like, I can't! And I said, yes, you can, I believe in you! And we did that for a while, and I finally have your diagnosis. That's that's already a treatment, though. Wouldn't you give the diagnosis before you give the treatment? Well, I'm clearly incompetent. Like, I, I thought that was the first step. I had my clipboard upside down, and I did the treatment first, and then I diagnosed you afterwards. So sorry. Whoopsie-doopsie. Okay, well, what's the diagnosis? Well, let me consult my clipboard. Flip. Oh! It's that you should watch the short film Diagnosis. It's an award-winning short film by a friend, future friend of your podcast, Tanner Richard Kraft. It's about a mother who learns how to evolve as a parent in the face of her son's autism diagnosis. And, uh, you know, it's been a really well-received movie with uh, many saying it taps into the very real frustrations and fears they feel adjusting to his diagnosis, either as a parent or an autistic person. Whoa, that so sounds really cool. relatable and awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, your diagnosis. Also, you have, uh, your bones are jelly. Oh, man. Um, sorry. Sorry. Ugh, awkward. Ugh. That's why so, uh, I have noodle arms. They weren't noodles. Yeah, that's they were jelly were... all along. <laughs> if this was a sitcom, we'd all be laughing. Ah, <laughs> uh, 
we're back. Here to talk about... Thank you for today by Def Cat for Cutie. So, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Lauren, what are... What is a... Let's start with, like, criticisms and lowlights with this record. Like, what are... What's, like, a... Like, what is what are some criticisms or, like, songs you didn't enjoy or songs that did rubbed you the wrong way, in a sense? Hmm. Um, let's see. I think, like, we hit on the lowlights a little bit. I mean, it just kind of feeling a little less... I don't know, with just a little less depth than I think we're used to with Death Cab. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also kind of, I felt like it was really strong on the front end. Um, yes. Then I feel like it just kind of started to blend. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the songs, like, it was hard to tell when a new song was happening because it just kind of mm-hmm. blended together. Um, I feel like they ended it really well, though. Um, like I think ending it with 60 and punk and kind of, I felt like that was a very like self-aware song in a way. Um, so I think they kind of tied it back together, but I think they could have tightened up kind of the middle, middle part of the album. Yeah. Like this record is like the most I've yawned in a 40 minute period of time. (laughs) 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 Like like I wasn't even literally tired. I just, I felt like I, after while listening to this, I needed to put that energy out into the world. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm tired. (laughs) So I will say for context, um, I, so I listened to this earlier, obviously, but I listened to it again today. Um, when I, and I decided I was going to go for a run today. Um, first Mm -hmm. time in a while, um, but like the leaves are starting to change, which was good. Um, and I just listened through this whole album, basically through the extent of my run. Um, and alongside like the context of, you know, Chicago in the fall and like the scenery, mm. I feel like that added a lot to it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. But uh like fall is the perfect time to listen to death cab it's like once the leaves start changing like that perfect like crisp weather um that is like the season that they're made for despite how many songs that they have where they talk about summer and whatever yeah yeah no i it there was something about just like the context where i just felt like this was a perfect you know, addition to what I was seeing around me and the environment that I was in, you know, I was seeing people just, you know, riding their bike and like taking pictures of the water. And I just felt very engrossed by, by the experience of what was going on. And I feel like this enhanced that really well. Yeah. Like I, I, maybe that's part of it too, was I listened to this record putting labels on, on postcards like mm. that was like what that's the, you know that's part of my job is <laughs> doing that and like uh yeah, are you sure that wasn't making you yawn <laughs> <laughs> but like you know i also you know i try to listen to these records in very in various contexts um and when i run i like you know it's a little darker out so like and maybe I was listening to it earlier today and I kind of felt that same, like, oh, I'm actually, you know, because it, like, it was, like, rainy earlier today and now it's, like, sunny and, like, you could see the colors change in the leaves and, like, oh, this is actually kind of nice. But, like, um, it's still, I guess my big criticism with it is, like, it's, it felt, like, inessential in a sense. Like, there was no song that was, there were no songs that were bad, per se, but they were just, like, kind of, 
they, and like they were very crisp and like well produced and like but it just felt like a little uninspired to me truly just like like it is like technically impressive but it's just like it's at this point with this band i imagine it's like old hat that they can do this that they can yeah and like i don't know like it sounds like again like skimming the surface of like interesting thematic territory like i think there is the potential to write a great album about nostalgia when you are an older person but i feel like this doesn't do it very well um i don't know yeah yeah i do feel like they could have done a lot better with that and uh i definitely agree with you about um things kind of blending together and um it not being that there are any like super horrible songs it's just that like um it's all a little bland like mm -hmm. uh i was um like it took me several listens to really be able to distinctly yes uh like think about each song because it was like they were all kind of like one long train of thought um otherwise and like it was really earlier today that like my thoughts on the album started coming together because like before this it was really hard to like pick out one specific thing but like if i had to pick um songs that like particularly um stood out to me like in a negative way um probably like summer years uh and like part of that is like I don't know what it is, but I feel like every song with uh, "summer" in the title feels a little miserable and feels like it goes on forever, um, which is very similar to the actual season. So it might just be <laughs> my own feelings on that. Um, but then like your hurricane also was just very like basic, very boring, like. <laughs> Um, it sounds like something out of the early 2000s, but in the worst way possible. <laughs> I, li I like your hurricane. Like, I don't like the line, a lonely fish in a sea full of squids. Like, that <laughs> is a not very good line at all. <laughs> Apparently and... that was one of the band members' favorite. I can't remember who. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, one of the, like, if Ezra came... I think it was if, the drummer. Ezra, if you, like, came up to me and said, like, you know, like, wanted to confide in me, like, hey, hey, Andrew, I just... You know, I just feel like a lonely fish in a sea full of squids. I'd be like, oh, Ezra's like deeply depressed. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what is what does that mean? Like, it's like it's so out of place. And like all the other metaphors were kind of blending together. They weren't like standing out. They were but they were like blending together. Mm -hmm. And this like that just stood out like a sore thought. And he, the band member, I read the Reddit comment where, where like the band member says he likes this line he's like oh it's not about sepiopods or whatever like it's not about an actual squid like he but like he doesn't want to explain it either and like there's no real there's also no urban dictionary definition that like i imagine is satisfying either and like what <laughs> <laughs> well, i like um 
just a bunch of question marks appeared over my head when I <laughs> read that, <laughs> trying to understand. But like, I do like, I do like the sentiment of like not wanting to like be associated with like the wreckage that like someone like leaves behind and like the the wreckage someone wants to make like makes in a relationship or a friendship or whatever. It, this could be about Zooey Deschanel, um, Ben's old Ben's old wife <laughs> yeah well i think um on kintsugi like i know that you haven't listened to much death cab before but like i think he explored a lot of his departure from her um on that album a little bit more so i'm hesitant to um like ascribe any uh yeah like motives that have to do with her on like a lot of the new stuff because it like he has moved on he does have like he's married to uh like rachel demi i think now um no. she's a photographer um she's really good uh <laughs> and um like he seems generally like happy in that and like aside from small lines like uh like things looking back um on the summer and stuff like i think that that does kind of allude to like when he was young and like um naive and mm -hmm. like married to someone who was also young and naive mm -hmm. um and like who built her fame off of being young and naive um i mean like, that's what anjani is about I, yeah Oops. well exactly i tripped that, over my glasses that's exactly what i'm saying like that. is that like that's what anjani is about and that's what a lot of the songs on like a lot of the stuff that he explores on kintsugi are either about her or about um the band almost falling apart um yeah. and like so this album um i'm inclined to believe that like things have kind of somewhat come back together a little bit more. Yeah. Like this seems a lot more like he's exploring like his not in a lot of depth, as you mentioned, Andrew, but like he's kind of exploring uh, some of his like ghosts and like some of his nostalgia, but like from like a very distant perspective. Yeah. I mean, like that's maybe like, yeah, I mean, this feels like speculation, but I mean, it definitely feels like he calls back to a lot of previous albums or like experiences or themes from previous albums. Yeah, it just kind of feels like a run through of like previous previous ideas, previous songs, even um, like it, it feels just kind of like flipping through a flip book of like this. These are ideas I previously explored. Now I'm kind of just looking back on it today i'm also i mean i'm also trying to figure out like the title like the title of the album and sort of how that might play into kind of the meaningfulness behind it i don't know if either of you have thoughts on that at all yeah it's just it first of all like the cover looks like something you would like like an it was made on instagram built like an instagram <laughs> story like you know it's just like no real effort was put into that um and like i feel the same about the title it's just like I, I guess it makes sense in terms of like, you know, he's looking back at his life. He's trying to figure out, you know, he's trying to look back at his life, like reflecting on his ghosts and like, but like the potential conclusion is like, thank you for today. Like I'm going to look to the present, but like, I, I, I don't feel like this album does that very much, but like what, what's another song at Lauren that like, you know, 
is like a negative, like is something that you felt negatively towards. So I, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of running and listening to this and, you know, just kind of experiencing the one that kind of took me out of the feeling and experience of the album, I felt like was you moved away. Um, yeah, I felt like that was like everything else was kind of like almost like an abstract painting. And then I feel like this one was almost like way too literal, like comparatively. I don't oh, know if I it see. was just, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was just like a different style of like the lyricism or like what what exactly was causing that. But it caused me to kind of get out of it for a second. Um, and I was like, oh, what like what song is this? Like, where am I in the album? What am I listening to? Because it just caught my attention, but it, it wasn't necessarily in a good way. It was just I felt like the the writing maybe was stylistically too different to fit in cohesively. I feel like instrumentally it like caught my attention in a good way. Mm. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's the placement. Like, I feel like. I, I personally like Northern Lights, um, but I feel like it I also do like the way, Northern Lights as well. Yeah, so. I feel yeah. like after it's just kind different. of it, it's after that spell of like everything feels like it's kind of mushing together, and that's the one that kind of just brought me back into like okay, what this is the song, this is in the album. Um, so I don't I don't know if it was just kind of bringing me out of like the kind of obscurity of the rest of it um, or what it was, but for some reason I picked up on it. It felt like, I think also too, the subject matter isn't very interesting either of like, I think it's about like a musician moving away from Seattle and like people being sad that he's gone. And like, it's not like the, it's not, it's, yeah, it's nothing really that interesting to me. It very much, it doesn't fit as a death cab song but it would work really well as a solo ben gibbard song because like lauren i'm not sure if you've listened to him like his solo stuff much but like uh yeah this the writing style how you were talking about how like it's a little bit different and like more literal like that is kind of how he writes his solo Mm. stuff a little bit more like it doesn't have as much of the like um imagery and like uh yeah just weird layers to it um and so i just i kind of wish that he would have uh saved it for that context instead yeah i think i just want a little bit more from it like i think i like the concept i mean it's a it's a simple concept that i feel like you could do more with i just felt like it was out of place in the album Um, so let's get into like some highlights. Let's talk about some positive things, some things we liked. Um, Ezra, what is like, Ezra, what's like something, what's a song or two you like, let's, yeah. What's a song you like from this record? Okay. So, uh, yeah, I have a few, but like the, uh, first one is kind of different from the other ones. Uh, so Gold Rush, like I mentioned earlier, was one one that like, I wasn't very impressed by when I first heard it. Um, but like in intentionally seeking it out and listening to it, like it has grown on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially kind of like, uh, looking into the like actually paying attention to the lyrics of the song and uh realizing like what his inspiration was for it because when i heard it on the radio like i wasn't um really paying attention to like what he means by it um but like when i have the lyrics in front of me uh like 
it's very clearly about like uh, Seattle and um, about like it kind of uh, disappearing. Like he actually, um, I looking on Genius saw that he uh, explained uh, this like concept um there's like this quote from him of like geographically tied memories Mm -hmm. um he says uh i i've had this realization only recently that so many of my memories are tied to my geography and when that geography changes it's as if you're not only coming to terms with the passage of time but it's as if you're losing those people and that time in your life all Mm -hmm. over again and like i feel like that's really I would have loved if he would have um, like dove into that a little bit more on this. Yes, album. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's like a specific take that's yeah. unique to him. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's not like, yeah. that's not something that they've really talked about before. So like it's um, something new for sure. And like mm-hmm. it's something that like makes this song very interesting. And I think that that's what they were trying to get at with some of the other songs. But they just kind of like missed it like a little bit. Um, kind but, of just like dipping their yeah, toes and, and then like, like chickening out a bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is one that they kind of like they go into it like they explore and like I love the bridge like I ascribe these monuments a false sense of uh, permanence like yeah like, I like that a lot too yeah I place faith in geography to hold my memories like that's beautiful I, then that that's like good writing um, yeah <laughs> yeah it's just and the like instrumentals yeah go ahead, go ahead I was just going to say that like this song resonates with me on like multiple planes too because like uh like it's kind of weird that it does because i never had that experience of having like one hometown that i grew up in and like uh like because my family moved around when i was a kid and everything so it's all been like kind of up in the air all the time um but like I don't know. It kind of like made me nostalgic and like mourning something that I like never had. Um, but then it also resonated with me because of the fact that like, uh, looking at like the literal meaning of it and like where he's talking about, like I am planning on moving there and, um, I've been like doing a lot of like research on it. And like, I've been keeping up with kind of, some more local news and like all the time there are like small businesses that are closing and it's like the things that make Seattle an appealing place to live are um exactly like the things that they're uh destroying to in order to accommodate more people and uh in order to accommodate like this big tech boom that they're having over there right now and it's really sad and it's like so counterintuitive it's like the um like development of it is like cannibalizing itself um yeah but anyway lauren do you have any takes on gold rush um i mean i'll echo everything that ezra said i mean i think touching on the the element of like place-based kind of memories and, you know, geography-based memories. Like that's something that I'm really resonating with right now. Um, and I think it, it resonated with me as well. Um, 
just because I, I feel like in the past, you know, five, six years or whatever, I've experienced so many different places. Um, like being, I mean, I grew up in Champaign most of my life, so that's where, you know, a lot of my memories are. Um, and going back there is always a weird, weird experience. Um, because I mean, so much is changing there too. Um, Yeah. Little, little things that I used to see growing up. I mean, like they cut down a few trees, like down in Rosen Park. And, you know, I used to run there all the time during high school and like, you know, played there growing up the whole time. And then I come back and like, you know, all the trees are gone. And I'm, that's a very difficult thing to reconcile. Um, because I'm just, every time I come back, like something else that mattered to me is missing. Um, so, I mean, on that element, like I definitely relate to that, but also, I mean, I was in Nashville for four years. And so that place to me has become sort of a home with its own set of memories. Um, and I mean, that's also hitting a similar situation with Seattle with like so much gentrification and so, so much just overhaul. So I don't even know what I'm going to come back to when I come back there at some point. Um, and now I'm here in Chicago, um, for at least a year. Um, and there's just such like an ephemerality of, this space and the people that I'm with right now. Um, so I'm, I'm in a place where I am definitely trying to take things in and trying to, you know, balance that feeling of nostalgia with the feelings of being in the moment, because I know full well that a lot of this stuff is just going to disappear, um, you know, in any given time. Um, so I, I don't know. I relate a lot to that. Um, I also just on the surface, just really liked gold rush. I feel like it's, it's one of those that like, I, I didn't personally actually hear this one on the radio, um, but I get why it was because, I mean, it's it's catchy. It has kind of that upbeat feeling. Um, definitely caught my attention, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, I love Gold Rush. I, I, this is so, the one song I really like from this record. Um, the instrumentals are unique and upbeat. Like the background vocals are very ethereal and ephemeral in a way I like. Um, just like, um, yeah, and it made me really think of this like quote from a YouTuber like Austin McConnell. Like he's, he's a great YouTuber, very kind of comedy, kind of like more informational, but like, um, his bit, his, something he said in a Q and a was like, you know, as I've grown older, I realize that like home is never something you can go back to, but it's something you can make for other people. And like, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately because Every time I visit Champaign, I used to live there. I lived there the longest period of my life. And like, I do consider that home. But like every time I go back, it's like always very bittersweet of like, oh, this is not my home anymore. Like, and I don't feel as home here as I used to. And I, and I don't feel as home in New Jersey. And like, because of that, like Lauren was saying that ephemerality, like that is like really jarring. So like it just makes me feel displaced everywhere. And like it's like it's like a very specific, lonely, difficult feeling that they capture here really well. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like it's like such a again, this is the rich territory that, that could have been the record. Like, but I feel like they don't do it. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I think uh, thematically, like there is that idea of, of growing up and age. And I think that's at least something they touch on um, because that's definitely a feeling. Though, like, yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely a feeling like 
I think this is just like what it's like being in your 20s is seeing a place for as long as you see it, knowing that you're you're going to leave it and then, you know, recreating ideas of home and recreating what that actually means to you. Um, but I don't know. I think he touches on it like I really like from the album 60 and Punk, um, the one he ended with, um, just because I think it does tie that back a little bit, like feeling, you know, old and kind of you know, stuck, stuck in the past a little bit, not really sure exactly where you're going next and kind of the, the, all the feelings associated with that. I feel like at least could thematically be tied back to it. Yeah. I like the lyricism in that rec in that song. I think the instrumental is very boring and the vocal delivery is boring to me. It's supposed to be like, I like the line about, you know, a superhero with no one to save anymore of like, it's not cool to be 60 and a punk, you know, like, just like he's like watching this guy he admired, like fall apart. And like, just, uh, I kind of, I like it as a closer of like, just like him imploring, like, were you happier when you were, yeah, when you were poor of just like, um, nostalgia also being like this parasite, this thing that like, sucks the joy out of your life because you can't enjoy you can't look at your life right now because it's too sad so you look back um and there's something like you know this person is like drinking and like abusing alcohol to like avoid thinking avoid facing his present in a sense um because his past was like so much better and like it there's there's some there's something to that i just think the song is boring and like it's it's instrumental it's like supposed to be melancholy and like plaintive and reflective but it's i I just feel like it's boring and it doesn't build to anything interesting um yeah sorry dev cab i really like 60 and punk but that's just me no no it's fine to like it it's like it's fine i give you permission but like it's like uh, (laughs) well thanks yeah really needed that (laughs) yeah and it, like like um, Gold Rush, this is like this is another take that they have. They don't, they have a take on this. Like, in some of this is just like, oh, isn't it sad that this person's gone? Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> like you know, like or like they said they like I said they skimmed the surface of something interesting, but they don't. Either it's too far removed for them to like really delve into it. Like the wound isn't fresh enough, or like. Yeah, or it's, like, just too far away for them to, like, really give a shit about it. Like, have something that interesting to say about it. It's like if I talked about, like, Yeah, it's like a distant nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As far as, I mean, did you want to mention a song that you liked, Andrew? Uh, I like, I dreamt we spoke again. I like uh, the... The wall of... The wall of sound harmonies at the end, in the courses. Um with the background vocals. I do think the lyrics are a little nondescript, but I think it's fine because of, um, I really relate to the idea of like all of a sudden, like remembering someone being a part of your life and those sense memories kind of flowing back in to you. Um, and not necessarily remembering the specifics, but like having the sense memories be very strong um, and that nostalgia and like those ghosts that like haunt you in the middle of the night or whatever. That's that's cool and relatable. But like um, there's not a lot that 
it's literally what it that's literally what all it is though it's not like okay so this is a part of my life what what's my take on it other than it's this this album feels like more like taking inventory than having a take on something you know yeah i would definitely agree with that take there's value to that but like it's like not completely that interesting <laughs> i like uh i drunk we spoke again as well for like the sound of it but i agree that it's a little um like hollow on like the uh like depth to it um like i don't think that it needs to be like super um deep or uh like exploring um this greater theme since it's just the first song on the album but like given that the rest of the album doesn't really do that either like it's kind of a bummer but uh so any any other stray observations on this record before we go to final ratings no, I really I honestly really liked most of the songs on this album. Um, I mean, I think as we've discussed, where it falls short is is not diving deeper into some of those themes that we highlighted. Um, but as a whole, I mean, I, I really enjoyed listening to it. And I think a lot of that a lot of that had to do with kind of the context that I mentioned of me listening to it. Um, but also, I mean, I think for Death Cab, they they did a pretty good job with their with their writing as they typically do. Um, but I mean, I think that's the question is, like, how do we appreciate an artist, like, do we do we take each album by album? Do we consider their history and how we judge their um, their performance? How do we kind of you know understand them as an artist now and where the, where are they going, if anywhere? Hmm. Well, yeah, I think that that's a valid question. I like I try to give artists like room to grow and like I I don't want just the same album from them over and over again like I love uh transatlanticism and narrow stairs but like I don't need every album from death cab to be that yeah um, it just needs to be a but, like Oliver. being a natural progression of like the band that I've known and loved would be nice but like this uh a lot of their stuff is like it's only recognizable because it's Ben Gibbard's voice like in in style it doesn't feel like death cab yeah yeah like i think like there's like there is like um when a when a band or like a musician releases a lot of great music in their early years then the later records you tend to grade on a curve because you know because you what know love them yeah of. you know uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm harsher on them because I know that they're capable of more. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just like what you've been like what you've been talking about about Todrick Andrew is like that like he has a lot more potential than this and like he can do more and so like when you see him fall short of that it's mm -hmm. like. Yeah. why <laughs> like kanye too like i feel like that's why people yeah. like he they put up with his antics because they know he has like he's so talented they know he's so important and stuff like that that like they gave him a pass for a lot of stuff that he shouldn't like a lesser artist if like if like um you know if they did this pulled the same antics they would not be st still around really right um yeah so, you know i i they're like there are like some lines in here that I liked. I like, you know, as we're walking lines in parallel that have never meet and 
that's just as well. Like something along those lines. Um, I think that in summer years, I think this is a interest. Yeah, it's another. That's just take. defining what parallel lines are. <laughs> well, like the idea of like you know, two people who are going in the same direction but never actually like meeting, even though you want to. Uh, there's nothing yeah. you could do about that. I think that's powerful. Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, let's get into final ratings. Uh, I think this is a perfectly middle of the road record. I don't feel str- I don't hate it, but I don't feel necessarily strongly about it. I do feel bad that this is the first Death Cab record I've ever listened to all the way through. I'm sure they, you know, I like Ben Gibbard. I let I like sad plaid Will Forte, but. Um, he's, it's just like, it's just, um, again, skimming the surface of some interesting thematics, um, feels very inessential, uh, musically, it's a little bland, a little like every time, anytime like something interesting instrumentally happens, I'll like perk up, but that's about it. And, uh, it, it sounds like it's, it's either too crisp or sounds like it's recorded on his iPhone. And, uh. Yeah, yeah, I just agree like, with that. Just a non dis <laughs> a non dis it's uh it's like the Emmett from Lego movie of albums. Just like a blank blank face in the crowd. I'm just like, oh yeah, another one of those, you know. Um, so Emmett I'm from Lego it- movie doesn't deserve this. <laughs> um I'm gonna give this five out of ten monuments ascribed a false sense of permanence all right um you know i'm gonna go with with six out of ten northern lights on this one Mm. um only because ezra stole my summer years um (laughs) but i'll go six out of ten because i i did really enjoy the experience of listening to it um like i think it definitely loses points in terms of where it could have explored more thematically. There were places where it was missing something, um, places where it kind of lost my attention. Um, but I felt perfectly content listening to it in the context that I was listening to it. I feel like definitely you could tell it was death cab in some of the lyricism, um, just in some of the the riffs that they had. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just a six out of 10, because I, I genuinely enjoyed listening to it. And I think that there definitely were some bops on here. Yeah, I'll give you that. There were some bops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I think that the um, like, I think we've kind of uh, discussed in depth a lot of the um, like lyrical shortcomings of it. Uh but I think um, as far as it goes musically, like uh, I um, don't think that Andrew will agree with me on this, but like I think a lot of the best parts of the album were like some of the more low key ones. And I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. Like, I think that Ben Gibbard's vocals um, like are really able to uh, stand out a little bit more. And maybe it is the production and cause they've done upbeat things in the past and been fine. Um, but like, uh, yeah, on this one, like I, think that like his vocals are really able to stand out and like they are really they have that quality that I would want to sing along to and harmonize to um when Mm. they are more laid back even if it is like 
an upbeat song, like just that laid back style, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like I was kind of um, disappointed with this album. Um, I uh, wasn't expecting like because of listening to Kintsugi and like having heard some of the singles from this, like I wasn't expecting it to like be um their greatest album or anything like that but uh i just i do know that death cab can do a lot better than this and so uh i'm going to uh go ahead and rate it uh six out of ten metal teens all right uh thank you so much uh let's uh now get into our (gasps) i've been meaning to listen to that and i did Playlist. Good. <laughs> I'm very tired. Um, so um, uh, I can go first. Yeah, I'll go first. I'm going to pick um, Two Slow Dancers by Mitski. Click. We're just two slow dancers, last ones out. We're two slow dancers, last ones out. Ooh, good pick. Ooh, good click. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically the song is very, very sad. It's, um... Like, it's about, like, two, like, she narrates a story about, like, two older people, like, reuniting at, like, a high school dance or something. And, but they're, like, they're, like, they've aged a lot. And, like, mm-hmm. they're trying to hold on to each other. They're trying to hold on to the love they used to have and they're, the youth they've had. But given the fact that they're older and, you know, life just doesn't work out that way, it's not, it, like they it's not gonna work out and it's just a very very sad song and a very very melancholy song that talks about aging in a more succinct powerful way than this record so that's my pick okay um so i'm going to go ahead and uh pick two songs i was gonna say if that's okay but i don't fucking care do it i'm the boss here (laughs) i wish that i could um verbally throw out a meme like the uh ron swanson i I do what i want permit Um, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, (laughs) i um the first one that i'm gonna pick is uh an older song from death cab for cutie because i think that like their music is uh like very enriching and like i'd recommend to anybody that like they uh do listen to some of their um older stuff because like it's a good experience um so i'm gonna pick a lack of color um Mm. from transatlanticism good click good clicks Uh, 
basically that song is like um what depression feels like some days like some days like i haven't heard that like i haven't intentionally listened to that song in a long time um but it like will sometimes just pop into my head because like that's how I feel like kind of the color has been sucked from my life. And, but yeah, yeah. so that's my first pick. And mm-hmm. then, um, Good click. for my second pick, uh, I'm going to feature, um, a song by our, uh, very lovely, uh, artist who does the theme song for or did the theme song for us. Um, uh, I'm like, uh, so I'm featuring Seventeen, which is her most recent single. Ooh, mm. Click. is kind of like um a departure from like her previous sound a little bit and um like oh, i yeah, like it's so good yeah i like the direction that she's heading in um i think that she uh if i have heard correctly she is going to be putting out some new music like uh sometime in the next few months so um (laughs) and uh yeah so like i'd highly recommend it she is incredibly talented and um does like i love our theme song but like that's just the tip of the iceberg (laughs) that's awesome all right lauren okay um so i have chosen um a song from one of the albums that I suggested we talk about today, um, which is a song from American football. Um, And I'm choosing them just because like, as an artist, I feel like they produce um, kind of that similar, like very um, like music heavy, um, just kind of songs where the lyrics are there, but they're very like, I don't know, just, just kind of very, um, just part of the very embraced in the song, very like movement based. I feel like, um, it just kind of has a very quieter, like calmer vibe. Like the lyricism is very, you know, very dark at times, very sad, but it does it in such a way that it just, it just feels very calming, which I feel like is an interesting experience. Um, and I, I've chosen this partially because, um, they they are from Champaign, actually, from Champaign-Urbana. Um, wow. And they have, like, the house. Yeah, the house that is on the cover is part of... Um, it's actually in Urbana. You can still go there. Um, and so it has, like, a little bit of that place-based um, kind of memories that associated with it. Um, and just for me, like, this is a band that my partner really loves. Um, so I've, by proxy, listened to it a lot. Um, but he... Um, there's a song called Uncomfortably Numb um, that actually features Haley Williams on it. Mm, click. which is also ties back to what we were talking about earlier a little bit um, with Paramore. Um, But 
this one they actually just did an NPR Tiny Desk concert on. Um, so you can watch that as well as um, listen to it on Spotify. Um, but this song in particular, I, I just hear it a lot um, because whenever, you know, Kevin and I go on drives, um, especially at night, he usually likes to play this. Um, just because drive. it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very calming uh, song to listen to when we drive, especially, you know, if we've gone to a show or when we've we just drive. done something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just kind I'm of, very it's rude. a very... <laughs> it's a very like grounding album as a whole. Like I, I just feel like yeah. their music as a whole is very grounding, um, really just kind of cohesive, um, puts you together with your emotions a little bit. Um, and so the experience of it is just very good. Um, so, uh, thank you so much, Lauren, for g- coming on our show. Like, uh, yeah. I'm sorry we're so depressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's okay. We're all, we're all, we're all coming together talking about death cab. What more can you want? <laughs> Yeah. All right. So the macabre, um, <laughs> the macabre. <laughs> so um, let's uh, let's uh, have Lauren uh, type in a closing sentiment for us all to go off on. All right. Three, two. <laughs> I was gonna say I wasn't gonna say anything, but like I guess for you, keep that in the episode. Okay. Three. Two, one. This has been a pleasure. And I'll be honest. I I dreamt we spoke again. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Yeah. Click. Yeah. I think you beat me that time.